If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sesternino back here with our Amazing Race 34 episode number five recap. Talking about the Amazing Racers as they race through Jordan. And here with us back to talk about it, our Amazing Race panel is here. First, our chief Amazing Race correspondent. Of course, no detector needed to test her medal. It's Jessica Lease. <laughs> Jess, how are you? Good, Rob. Um, I found this can. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, is this is this what I'm looking for? Is this my yes? Clue? Is that an alien uh a- alien artifact that you have there? Yeah. It it says that we our next stop is Planet Seltzer. <laughs> Ooh, looks like. <laughs> You know, the the can that you're holding, it does look like the rings of like Jupiter around the vintage logo. It certainly does. Yes. Are those the twin sons of Tatooine? I, I believe they are. And then we've got like a whole the, galaxy. The of yellow stars and here. green sun of Tatooine. Yes. <laughs> yep. We figured it out, Rob. Let's get going. Let's get our driver. Yes, of course. Uh, here to talk with us also a, about all of the alien wreckage found in the deserts of Jordan, a man who covers Star Wars over on Post Show Recaps. It's Mike Bloom. Uh, Mike, how are you? Yes, the sci-fi futuristic franchise of Star Wars that literally starts with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love this idea now of Phil being on the tarmac being like, all right, everybody, we said a lot of firsts in Amazing Race history. For the first time, we're going to space. Get ready to go to Planet Seltzer, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Mandalorian is hot right now. Let's uh, Maybe we can cash in on that. Maybe they should just keep Amazing Race, uh, no matter how much uh, ratings-wise it may be on life support. Just keep going until intergalactic travel is mm-hmm. uh, doable for civilians so that we can actually then make like the Amazing Race 
Planet Edition. Yeah. Uh, this episode of Amazing Race, we're going to recap, is called I Heard You Like TV and Movies Set in the Desert, Dog, uh, where we <laughs> got to visit, uh, talk about Lawrence of Arabia, uh, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and The Last Crusade. So uh, really, uh, which I think is so cool because uh, that really, when you when you think about, you know, the Kingdom of Jordan, I mean, these are like the all the movies that are shot there is really uh, what uh, so many people think of well i think it was a missed opportunity mike bloom i don't want to tell you how to do your job but why didn't you come running in here on horseback with a giant sword mm -hmm. oh just you wait we got some sword dancing next time so i've got my routine prepared that's the good thing about doing two legs in a country right listen i had to go with the meme i went with uh crying jordan here which is probably the reaction when he gets sand in his eyes after walking around the outskirts of the alien wreck oh, for hate hours sand. and hours mm -hmm. yeah it's very coarse yeah yeah we all do. All right. So uh, we'll talk about all that here as uh, part one of the Amazing Racers in Jordan. And then, boy, OK, that this is a big, you know, uh, climactic episode coming up next week. The Amazing Races ultimate villain returns again. <laughs> the nemesis of the Amazing Race. Was this like the Hamburglar for yes. Amazing Race? Is COVID nineteen? Yes, yes. <laughs> the Amazing Race, the only, the only thing that has ever stopped the Amazing Race in its tracks. COVID nineteen rears its ugly head again on the race uh, next week. Wow, I, this begs to be photoshopped now. <laughs> yeah, I need a Hamburglar with like a giant coronavirus for a head. Now, do they have to anthropomorphize it? Like, does this person have to come into the, the team's uh, hotel room and be like, ah, ha, ha, you got a positive test. I'm coming to get you now. Boy. They, they have a suit for that. It's a guy in a suit. And he just knocks on the door. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so uh, for a season build as no non-elimination legs, uh, it looks like maybe uh, throw another mega leg on the Barbie. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, I don't want to put, you know, the end before the beginning, but I'll be intrigued to see is it a case where it's going to be technically a double elimination where like a team gets eliminated at the end of the leg and then they do sort of like an impromptu medevac in a manner speaking? Is that going to replace the eliminated team? And we get what happened with Michael and Mo and Arun and Natalia and they just sort of like come back. So it's almost like a non-elimination leg in that regard. I would imagine it's the latter because again, they do have a set schedule right up 12 pit stops. Yeah. And so I would imagine that it would just be a simple like kind of mulligan for the eliminated team okay interesting so i mean see my head would go to that uh, i mean is it possible that we could see phil talk about a and if you haven't seen the preview uh phil uh says tells a team uh we're presumably a team uh that they, they have a positive covid test and He's really close to the camera for that by the way mm -hmm. like he was I up mean, in their space telling them they had a covid test not, I, not to not to uh age shame phil too much but he does seem to be of that age right that's like the okay you're a little too close for the facetime there yeah um is it possible, though, that we could see this at the start of the leg? Uh, could it be one of the teams that mm. just checked into the pit stop? Uh, OK, it's this in, in the opening minutes. Now, we are going to be doing uh, exit press with Linton and Sharik today. I feel like uh, that would be uh, non-traditional for uh, Survivor to or I'm sorry, for any of these shows to then have a player go back into the game. We did not do exit press with Michael and Mo or Arun and Natalia. 
the first time through. They didn't even start doing exit press on the Amazing Race until that the second time through for Michael and Mo. I will say that uh, going back a minute, that back to Survivor Pearl Islands, Mike. Uh, we have a Survivor historian here. That um, Burton, Michelle, and Trish. I think did do exit press uh, before oh. they were uh, ret- returned to the game in the outcast twist because it was a surprise to the viewers. That's interesting. But wait, the three Morgans did not. Oh, no, I, 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 you know what? I forgot about, I, you know, I'm sorry that I, I don't know why I, I made the arbitrary cutoff there. They did all, all of the pre-merge Morgans uh, did exit press. Yeah, I think it's because that was supposed to be like a surprise. Yeah, right? like I, I wonder if the thing about the Amazing Race 33 was that we all sort of knew it was built into the narrative preseason, right? Of like, oh, this thing happens and COVID shut it down and then it came back that it's like, OK, we don't it's, it's an inevitability for the audience. So like we can certainly play along with it. I would agree that I don't know if this is Linton and bringing back Linton and Shrek. You bring up a good point, though, Rob. We're gonna have to review the footage and see. What's the background that Phil was in? Because if he's still at the Great Temple, then unless they're just milking what they would call one of the greatest pit stops in Amazing Race history, I would imagine that it might be a start of the leg versus end of the leg type of thing. Yeah. Is it worth talking about what they did in Canada and Australia? Please tell us. Absolutely. I don't think yeah. it is. I don't think we're going to get anything like what we got in Australia because Australia was cuckoo bananas. But we can talk about Amazing Race Canada because three teams got eliminated from COVID very early in the season. And they had a competition to bring to bring back two of those teams once they were done with their COVID quarantine. Mm-hmm. So we thought those three teams were out. And then they brought back the teams that had already been eliminated. And so for a long time, Amazing Race Canada, we didn't actually, if they were doing exit press, we wouldn't have talked to anybody for like a month and a half. But at the point when everybody was had recovered from COVID and was testing negative, they brought those teams back and gave them an impromptu challenge to bring two of those teams back into the race. And one of the teams that was brought back ended up winning the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So mm. Amazing Race Australia, similarly, just said at the top of the leg, oh, yeah, these five teams have COVID. They're not running this leg. And then would just bring teams back as they recovered from COVID. And at one point there were 11 teams technically still in it and five of them were running the race and the other ones were out. Um, of course, Raising Race Australia started with 20 teams. So that's, and they have, you know, they run three legs in the same city. So it's a little impractical to look to them for a model, but it is possible that we could have a competition to bring back an eliminated team. We could. Um, we could say the COVID quarantine is temporary and you can come back later. I'm not sure exactly how the logistics of that would work, but there's you can do just about anything. Like This is a shout out to the people that are listening to Mole Patrol that yell at us every week. Like, you know, you didn't watch the Mole Kazakhstan, so you don't know. We love those thing. people. Really those do. are the we best. That's our core demo, Jess. I can, be <laughs> I can be that person for Amazing Race. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that it's it's a good point that there are certainly comparisons. I think it's a little bit apples and uh, hay bales at this point because Amazing Race Canada, right, does specifically stay within the Canada. So it's a lot easier to like keep them in quarantine. I think the tough thing is, assumingly, we're only going to spend one more leg in Jordan before we fly off again. And I'm not sure, like, do you take 
the COVID positive team on the plane. Now you leave them. You? you leave them behind. Yeah, so like <laughs> leave you, them you can't exactly keep them in isolation uh, and be like, okay, we'll just wait a couple legs to bring it back. Like even going outside of the amazing race, uh, the challenge episode that aired just last night, spoiler alert, had a team that tested positive for COVID in episode one come back in episode two. Uh, so it certainly is possible. I think it's a little tough in this particular season of The Amazing Race where they really are doing a lot more jet setting to be like, hey, we're going to keep you in this little bubble until we bring you back in a specific portion of time. It's certainly unfair and it's going to suck for that team, but I got to imagine if and when they test positive, they're done skis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I won't even get into what they uh, recently had to do on the real love boat. Uh, that's mm. a story for another time. Uh, Did they place. really throw them overboard, Rob? <laughs> Unclear. We, we've never found out. We never, they just told us somebody was unwell and then we never uh, saw or heard from them again. Uh, it's uh, too bad that Rebecca Romaine came up with that catchphrase. Uh, that's what led to them getting thrown off the boat. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, this leg of uh, the amazing race. Uh, and I'm sure uh, we will double back with uh, more talk about the arch nemesis of the amazing race to the Nina Myers of uh, the amazing race COVID-19. <laughs> Let's uh, talk about, okay, this leg in Jordan, Jess, after all the hype and all of the buildup, finally, the amazing race has come to Jordan. How did this leg hold up for you? I mean, honestly, Rob, there was a long stretch of our amazing race coverage where we felt very underwhelmed by almost everything that happened. And we struggled to find the narrative reasons why things happened the way they did. And it just seemed like everybody showed up and did a task. And then they showed up and did another task in a totally different order. And that was the leg. And that was how I felt this week. Mm -hmm. It was like, I was hyped for them to go to Jordan, but they get there. Petra is absolutely on my bucket list. We barely see it. And we see these tasks that apparently had no bearing on how people finished. And I felt a little bit cheated, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Can I give a very quick aside uh, in regards to Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, uh, since it's one of Justice's favorite movies, uh, that uh, this weekend we had the uh, we had a birthday party for my son, Dominic, uh, and that we had the ice cream man come to the birthday party. And the ice cream man, he was a a little bit of a character, uh, the ice cream man, uh, that I don't know if he Uh, was uh, necessarily really in touch with uh, the nine-year-olds at the birthday party, but there was a long line of kids. And I don't know, for for whatever reason, uh, that he started like only like uh, giving quotes uh, from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. uh, And 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 he says like, hey, hey, kids, do you know what movie that's from? Indiana Jones and the last and the last crusade. Like how many, how many of you kids have seen that? And the kids are like looking at like, what, what is is this man? He's like, yeah, like an SNL sketch of just like, (laughs) Oh, I'm in touch with Gen Z. Everyone loves Sean Connery. Yeah, and I, and he's like, look at the kids. He's like, uh, like, uh, like, hey kids, like, uh, how many of you like? That's my favorite movie. I watch it once a week. Now, Jess, do you watch Indiana Jones Last Crusade once a week? No, it's been a minute. I mean, honestly, I watched it when I was nine, but that's because it came out when I was nine. Yeah. I just, so what, what was the extent? Was it like, oh, I'll have a rainbow push pop. And he goes, you have chosen poorly. Well, no, that so like- that, Mike, <laughs> then when I got up there and the kid ordered something and, and he's like, oh, I don't have that one. I, and I said to the guy, I guess you could say he chose poorly. And the guy's like, yeah, I guess. 
I was like, that's from the movie. That's from the movie. I said the thing. Maybe it's just because he watches He's it like, once oh, a yeah, week. That's like part yeah. of his DNA. Like, yeah, he just that's it's a right. Common phrase now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> just become gray noise in his brain at this point. It's very what an odd characteristic for a man in so many ways. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it's like a, a wild crusade all around. All right. You should have told him like, "Hey, uh, Amazing Race is going to Jordan, where they filmed your favorite movie. You should go check it out." <laughs> okay. Well, I, uh, he's coming back for Anthony's birthday in a couple of weeks. I'll let him know. <laughs> you oh, rehired no, this guy. Engagement mm-hmm. for the. He was very nice. Very nice guy. Um, <laughs> no, it's like making like thirty year old movie references to uh, a bunch of little kids maybe it's maybe it was that uh nicole had tipped him off that it was your birthday which we should say we're recording this on your birthday oh thank you mike yes uh and they said you know what if you want to sprinkle in some like uh some gen x dated references yeah yeah, he'd really appreciate (laughs) it this guy loves them okay um yeah so we had our leg uh here in in jordan and yeah uh, i guess it was beautiful to look at i mean not to uh totally uh poo poo on everything uh that might have been going on but it was certainly uh like nice to watch yeah it, it it is definitely uh sort of like insert desert leg here almost like a desert level in a video game right like we can expect a number of things digging for something or traversing the sand something to do with animals uh you know i i and we're gonna get that carrying over i think into the next episode as well with some cultural stuff with the sword dancing so i appreciated it from that perspective didn't necessarily elevate what we have seen in the past in terms of amazing race desert lakes no Again, it was two tasks, this entire leg, which really made it such a foregone conclusion, right? That once Linton and Shariq were in last place, there was virtually like zero way for them to catch up whatsoever. But I would say what I've sort of been saying this entire season, right? The tasks themselves have been fine. The teams have been fun. Uh, And I think that continued throughout this episode. I'm excited we spend another leg here because especially for a first, if I was told, okay, this is like, the first and last time we're going to be here. Actually, much like, uh, was it Kazakhstan or Uzbekistan that they were in an Amazing Race 30 and we spent like barely enough time there? I'm happy Kazakhstan. That, yeah, I'm happy we get at least like a skosh more time here to see more stuff. Because while Petra was beautiful, I would have liked to see more of it. Yeah. Uh, the teams came in uh, on the train, kind of got treated to a little bit of a show. So Yeah, the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, is this MGM Studios? Which I guess so is now what Hollywood Disney Studios, Hollywood yeah, Studios. Hollywood Studios, yeah. Um, so the, the 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 teams got to see the train. Uh, I did think that the train, uh, very, uh, you know, seems like put out a lot a lot of pollution. Are are you setting up for a bit, Rob, no, or are you just, just concerned about the yeah. environment? Yeah, it's like boy, that's it's very it's, that's very smoky that train. Like uh, that you know, I don't know. Maybe they need to like uh, go back and uh, you know, do we, can we get some clean uh, burning trains? Yeah, we need those energy logs from Back to the Future Three. <laughs> That'd be great. Another movie, yes. Another movie reference. Yes. Yeah, I, I sort of low key love though that now we are two for two on like. Ah, uh, we're gonna start the teams off by having them essentially go through like a theme park ride. Yeah. Uh, again, it's it's super cheesy, but I love it. I like this as well of like the immersive experience and also the brief second where the teams are like, wait, is this real? Are we getting like shanghai right now <laughs> by this random Bedouin? Train jacked. Uh-oh. Well, that, this happens on the great movie ride, R.I.P. Great movie ride. Mm. But 
they're, you know, you're on your yeah. little movie train and then all of a sudden the Wild West guys come and hijack the train. They're like, yeah, I'm driving this now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's every amusement park ride. It's like, Next. all right, we're going out for just a totally normal ride today and nothing. It's 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 our first training mission, but nothing is going to go wrong. OK, everybody strap in. And then it's something always goes wrong. It's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you wanted to rob an amusement park ride, I feel like I feel like you have a lot of cover. Mm-hmm. Everybody oh, yeah. will think it's a bit up until you take their wall. Wow. That, yes. That. Yeah, that or one of these like immersive like uh, Gettysburg reenactments too, right? Just like pretend to be abandoned as long as you are time period appropriate. Yeah. No one's going to question it. Wow, Jess, this is a great uh, script for a movie. You know, uh, Hollywood can call me anytime. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I'm not sure I'll quit my day job yet, but. But but you have to film in Jordan. Mm-hmm. Could be a problem. Okay. All right. oh, they do have a train. They do. They do have a train. Uh, so so uh, we got to see the train, and then uh, the teams then got in cars uh, for the first time in two seasons of The Amazing Race. Uh, we got to see uh, teams not have to drive uh, for themselves. I guess this was what too dangerous to have the teams uh, just uh, drive uh, for themselves across the desert. Yeah. What is this Amazing Race One? We can't have teams drive across the desert. I mean. There are some likely things of like there's a next to to you know 100% chance that at least one team would get stuck in the sand which proves to cause many many headaches again going back to amazing race 1. So I could understand it. I think one of my concerns with this like is that outside of the test everything was incredibly streamlined because of the fact that they were being driven right like they didn't have to navigate to get anywhere. And so it's pretty much like, hey, if you left this place in one place, you were due to arrive at the next task in another place as well. But I guess, again, if they wanted to stick to a specific timetable and make sure that everyone finished within the day that they had allotted, I imagine that it would, it would be much simpler to just have, you know, these guys drive them around the entire day. Yes. Uh, task wise, okay, our first task was to show up and this, I mean, this seemed very random of that. Okay. There have been sci-fi movies shot in Jordan. You will go to the wreckage of an alien spacecraft and use metal detectors to find an alien artifact buried in the sand. I mean, it, it's, it's, Many amazing race tasks, mm-hmm. but it's just had some nice set dressing on it. Mm-hmm. I, I love the narrative that gets built in. Of course, going back to one of my favorite stupid tests of all time, the trolls and the fireworks in Norway in Amazing Race 29. <laughs> like, I love the fact when they build a mythos in of not even, okay, you're going to the set of a movie that actually happened. It's like, no, no, no. You've got to scour for alien <laughs> plates you've got to essentially be the be the first act of uh the fifth element right mm-hmm. you got to be in in the temple to find the plates that yeah. say petra on it or petro in the case yeah of this is teams. roswell new mexico okay a ufo just went down you are tasked <laughs> with finding pieces of the wreckage you need to comb the desert comb the desert <laughs> I, well, this, if it's so wild though because again this is jordan the first time found anything visiting- yeah, exactly. They, they're visiting this country for the first time. Thousands of years of history in it, and I'm glad they explored a little bit in, in later tasks, but they start off, the very first thing they do besides the train robbing is like, all right, well, you gotta start looking for alien crap in the middle of the desert. That's what Jordan's known for. Mm-hmm. Jess, missed opportunity. Instead of, like, a scientist in a lab coat, should it have been an alien that was helping them? Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, it should have been like, you know, the gray man with the big eyes and like the three toes. Yeah. Once Bleep Blorp gets his plate back, he'll give them the next <laughs> Exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't want to tell them how to do their jobs. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. Kind of just like somebody that just like stepped out of like the uh, most Isley Cantina, Mike. Yeah. Better I- yet. Better yet. We need we need like John Hurt there. And then the alien bursts out of his chest mm-hmm. to give them their clue. Oh, uh, well, the there's, there's, the clue. there's several things wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Th- yes. Talk about un- un- talk about unearthing things, perhaps, <laughs> uh, to bring out John Hurt. Well, bring, uh, bring out the John Hurt impersonator, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that, though, of uh, just this idea of like, where is my plate? I need my plate to get back to my home planet. Just, again, really commit to the bit. And especially when then when Lumumba gives him soda cans, he'd just be <laughs> that much more incredulous about it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's the first uh, thing that the teams will need to do. That's the roadblock. And then can, can I actually, can we actually talk about that first sure. like, in terms of the tasks? Oof! this is one of those combinations that did not work. I can understand the whole groupings, you know, staggered leavings again to, to like give teams credit for how they finished in the last leg. But you can't do that and then put a needle in a haystack task right next to it. That honestly, I think like good on Derek and Claire for catching up however they were. But like it was completely understandable how one of the teams in the back was basically automatically up for elimination, Uh, Mm -hmm. especially given the fact that they were not uh, self-transporting themselves to the next task. Like because the needle in the haystack task is such a crapshoot. When you get there and there's automatically basically only four plates left, like you're you're essentially guaranteeing that the placements will pretty much stay where they are when it comes to the back of the pack, which I think was was bad game design. Yeah, for sure. Um, and look, uh, this can be compelling television. I think even last season in Amazing Race 33, uh, the uh, I believe they were in Greece and they had to find it was find uh, the coin under the rock. Right. Uh, but then there were only four teams left, right? So like yeah. there was a chance for everyone to catch up with each other. Here was nine. And, and that was, you know, very compelling as we watched Dusty uh, really uh, go through it that day, uh, going through all that. I don't feel like at any point uh, the search for the alien wreckage ever reached uh, that levels of uh, entertainment. It definitely it definitely didn't do that. Although there were a couple of tense moments where I thought maybe somebody didn't have their metal detector turned on. Yeah. But that's about the Perhaps. extent of it. And this was not a hard task either because you know that some people were there for less than 15 minutes because they would say, you know, the other, the teams in the next group aren't here yet. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a difficult thing f- for the teams in the back. And I agree with Mike that it was terrible game design, but it's also the teams in the front had such a huge advantage that some of them were there for maybe 10 minutes tops. However, Jess, uh, the idea of like a digging in the desert for the alien artifacts that are pointing you to Petra, was this doing a lot of work of connecting the Indiana Jones films and really doing a better job oh, of setting no. up Indiana Jones and the <laughs> kingdom of the crystal skull? I do not know what you're talking about, Rob, because I there was never an Indiana Jones movie that involved alien artifacts. Mm-hmm. What is this crystal skull you're talking? Is this fan fiction? In this roadblock, you must go inside a refrigerator uh, and get blown up in order to survive an explosion. Yeah. Okay. So that never happened. That that's not real. It's possible. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So the detour in this episode of The Amazing Race. Uh, again, uh, continuing with the theme of uh, no sort of coordinating between uh, the two detour tasks in terms of a naming convention. Uh, we had... Uh, what was it? Camel, uh, camel caravan or slide puzzle? I mean, you could call it sweat versus savvy. That's essentially <laughs> what this was, right? Yeah. What was the name of the slide puzzle detour? Uh, it was, uh, it was palace puzzle. Palace puzzle, or I guess, I guess alliteration was uh, the theme uh, linking the two sides of the detour task. We had uh, a very difficult uh, camel caravan physical task, which really did then suck a lot of the uh, drama out of the last uh, 10 minutes of the episode. Once our last place team also decides to go with the much harder side of the detour. I think at this point, if you aren't adding slide puzzles to your repertoire of tasks that you learn to go on the amazing race, you might be doing yourself a disservice. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. a trick to it. There's an algorithm. And if you know the algorithm, this takes you like five minutes. Yes, I thought a lot of teams talked about the algorithm of the slide puzzle. I don't know if anybody on uh, The Amazing Race this season did it as entertaining as uh, Christian Hubicki uh, might have done in the opening well, of David versus Goliath. But that's a high that's a, bar. Yeah. A high bar. A high bar for sure. For sure. Um, but that. I, I know there is a way to do it. Is algorithm the right terminology? I mean, you'd have to ask Dr. Hubicki, but I think that's probably the term he would use. Mm -hmm. So I think he used it in the correct way and that he actually wrote a program to figure it out. I feel like the way they used it here was not, though. I think the, the word to use more so would listen. Far be it from me to castigate people for utilizing the wrong word mm -hmm. at the wrong time. Uh, but I think pattern makes more sense in this instance right like when abby's saying oh we just figured this place and then we use the algorithm I'm like what do you have a computer nearby <laughs> maybe is that what the alien technology was for yeah well, i mean they're talking about a certain it's a series of movements it's a series of actions which is what an algorithm is mm -hmm. but pattern is probably yeah the way that i would describe it more accurately to get each tile in place you have to move it a certain number of moves mm -hmm. in a certain way and so i think once you know how to do that that's how you solve a slide puzzle 
Do you think that the producers, for whatever reason, did not want the contestants to say, yeah, I have this app on my phone and I've practiced this? That's how I think that's how most of them probably did practice it. <laughs> like, uh, could you say know, it like more scientifically? Yeah. I don't, or they I, could I be, like, they could just be Christian Yubiki fans. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, haven't we? I feel like we've had that before on the Amazing Race specifically of like, oh, I have this app on my phone where I did this. I mean, listen, it also helps when you have someone like Claire, who is like a Survivor Super Duper fan, created mm -hmm. her own versions of Survivor Michigan. Uh, to be like, oh, yeah, OK, I know how to solve a slide puzzle like that's definitely something that applies to one CBS show to Jess's point. Uh, now, you know, it's been a little while since we watched the TMZ people go out so mercilessly during Amazing Race 27. But I feel like since then, yeah, slide puzzles might have to be one of those commonalities that you study just in case this comes up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So uh, Palace Puzzle, uh, you know, again. Not super exciting uh, watching people uh, work on the slide puzzle for so long. Then uh, you also had really only we saw uh, Michael and Marcus spend a lot of time on the uh, uh, camel caravan uh, <laughs> reset doing the physical task. Let's talk about our teams, if you don't mind. Uh, and then uh, let's go through it because I've had a lot of fun doing it this way this season. I do want to start with Lyndon, Lyndon and Sharik who are in last place in this leg of the Amazing Race. But I thought this was a real like uh, bounce back effort for them here uh, this week after they uh, had a rough go on the last time. I really thought multiple times during this episode that once uh, that these tasks, which were difficult out in the heat, uh, I really thought that like, OK, this is it. Uh, like, I, I don't think that Sharik is going to have uh, take any more of this. I thought she really had a great attitude all throughout uh, what must have been a frustrating day. Well, except for the part where she backseat drove the entire roadblock. <laughs> yeah, I think I do. Have I mean, that happened quite <laughs> literally because they were being driven. Uh, yeah, that's that was the tough thing is like, I, I agree with you, Rob. Like, I commend her for pushing through that. We'll talk about with Emily and Molly. What did seem like a surprisingly physical leg with like actually making your way through the sand and through Petra and all of that. And it did seem like her attitude from like a I don't want to leave perspective had turned around since that last leg. But yeah, uh, it, it wasn't great. And I can understand the frustration on the parts of like people like her and Aubrey of like, why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah. It's almost like being the person watching the scary movie, right? Like, why are you going in there? Mm -hmm. Why are you going upstairs? Run, just run out of the house from Michael Myers. Uh, but yeah, I, I will say uh, it's interesting that despite a lot of the discourse, including from ourselves last week, right, of like, Shariq, you know, being the one to, to nearly cause the team to leave the race. It is interesting that, unfortunately, what happens to Linton on this roadblock is mm -hmm. what costs them the race. Yeah. Uh, Jess, I do uh, literally have in my notes, Shariq is doing a lot of backseat metal detecting. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't expect, like, the given the rough leg she had last time, I don't expect her to jump up and do the roadblock. Right. But I do expect her to now understand that doing roadblocks is hard. Mm -hmm. mm. Yes. What did you what did you make of Linton's specific logic? Right. Of him taking the the idea of, OK, a bunch of teams founded in this area. There's got to be one that's like in the corner that nobody is going to check out. Let me focus on there. Now, ultimately, <sighs> is an erroneous strategy. Yeah. But you think that's sound logic? I mean, I'm thinking let's go back again to the coin task from last season um, where Kim told us that she looked where the, she looked where the cameras were 
Mm. And where the cameras were positioned, if there was an area where the cameras couldn't pick up, she knew it would not be there. Interesting. And this is a slightly different situation because I suppose the cameraman could just follow you around. But I think I think finding a corner where people haven't looked is not necessarily great practice, but finding an area that hasn't been that hasn't been totally explored certainly is. Like the people you would assume people would probably find the ones closer to the checkpoint. So go to the very end and work your way back in mm-hmm. would be a sound strategy. Yeah. I do think that there was something to uh, looking to see what areas have footprints and uh, not going over some of like the uh, better traveled areas. Although like maybe some of the spots it's like it's like finding like a, a slot machine that's loose. Maybe like a bunch of them were all in the same area. It, the problem was, I think, for Linton and then also with um, uh, a couple of the other teams uh that David as well uh, seems like they might have been going off the course. Yeah, it's one of these things I think that Aubrey and Shriek were complaining about. About like, I understand that it's far. I don't think it would be this far. Like, Linton was out by the rocks when the the when like the actual you know t- topography mm-hmm. is changing yeah. on the course. Perhaps then is when you should stop. Hey, looking. look. In fairness to Linton, when these UFOs go down, Mike. Okay, the wreckage is everywhere. Okay, it's not all just confined to one area. That brings up a good point. I've watched enough X Files episodes to know, like, how much do you think the government cleaned this up? Oh, you know, like, which government? Much- <laughs> exactly. How much of this is a cover up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mike, how would Mulder and Scully do on The Amazing Race? Oh, I think Scully would get consistently <laughs> frustrated with Mulder because Mulder would be the type of person, right? They go completely off on tangents, like, would get them completely lost. Like, Scully would have to be both the driver and the navigator, rich style from last week. I think Mulder would low key be a terrible partner uh, just because he seems incredibly lackadaisical like not focused on the things he should be focused on and then focused on the things he should not be focused on Mm -hmm. Mulder is the kind of guy that would pull the pen thing (laughs) in the train tunnel where he's like is this the clue this is not the clue this couldn't be the clue it's not this easy this is a clue's got to look like something else what is a clue a clue is just a question we ask ourselves at all times (laughs) like that's the monologue he would go on to uh yeah I think Bring on, bring on, bring on it, Skinner, assistant director Skinner instead of Mulder. That would be my personal replacement. Wow, that's mean. Or maybe Crycheck. Crycheck knows his way about international travel. Yeah, totally. um, this could be a good off-season podcast of uh, the eleven uh, best uh, pop culture uh, pairings uh, for the Amazing Race. Can somebody get Brant Steele <laughs> to make an Amazing Race season already? I know we're so close to doing that, but yeah, I would, I would love that. Uh, I don't know why the first ones that came to mind, I mean, because the spooky season, but Gomez and Morticia Adams, I think would be very Ooh, fun running the yeah. race together. I mean, get them on the family Amazing Race, get a couple more uh, members of the family in there too. Be exciting. It's been a minute since we've done an Amazing yeah. Race simulation. And just Amazing Race uh, back on Wednesday. Back on Wednesday, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, forget about Pugsley. Let's go ahead and then uh, talk about uh, then Lynn and Sharik. We'll, we'll, more, more on them uh, in our exit interview. Anything else you want to talk about here with them? I, I mean, they, they certainly went out on a high note at the pit stop. Uh, you know, the way that Linton talks about racing with his daughter. Again, like, I give him a lot of kudos for him being able to, like, 
be able to get her very courteously through what was a very tough time for her. And I give her credit as well for like being able to pick herself up, getting that night's sleep, probably resting her arms a bit and being like, okay, let's get through this. It's unfortunate. Uh, I think this is another example of one of those teams that just spoke about last week where like on paper, they were not going to pan out incredibly well on the Amazing Race. We were a bit happily surprised. They were doing well in the first couple legs and then it just all came crashing down for them. Like but, the UFO. Yeah. Exactly. But at least it was an interesting dynamic to see. Again, in a season that had like seven couples on it, this is mm -hmm. a very rare family dynamic that we got to see by comparison. Yeah. And, you know, uh, both positive and negative aspects, but still interesting to watch nonetheless. Seems like they have a nice dynamic. Seems like it was a good experience for them uh, to go on the Amazing Race. And we'll hear more from them uh, on the exit interview. Now, I, I guess uh, that this season's uh, most mysterious team David and Aubrey, uh, they were vying for uh, maybe being the team to be eliminated. Uh, they uh, seem to miss uh, a pretty big thing, uh, which was uh, the uh, the temple that they needed to be putting together. Uh, it seemed like that that was uh, the North Star for everybody else in terms of putting their slide puzzle together. David and Aubrey had to do it without the help of even knowing what they were putting together. I feel like it's pretty obvious what you're putting together. <laughs> it, yeah. it seems to me, oh, look, there are columns. Here's a, like a statue of a dude. Yeah. This this is this must be a temple of some sort. Mm -hmm. This was not like the one in Brazil that we talked about earlier, where it was mm -hmm. just like the pattern of the sidewalk. Yeah. Yeah. This was one of those legs where like everything that could go wrong did go wrong for David and Aubrey. They just benefited from the fact that things went a little bit worse for the team behind them. And it's interesting. We are through technically four legs of the Amazing Race if we count the mega leg as one. And they finish in the second to last spot in two of them. Uh, they are, I think, again, because we don't really know a lot about them, we sort of forget about them. But like, they are sort of our bottom G dot Odysseys to use uh, some survivor sucks terminology, <laughs> right? Of like consistently in the back of the pack, except for when it comes to mechanical tasks. I did love that, by the way, that David is one step above Lumumba of bringing random things back and being like, is this okay? But at least in that case, like he was bringing back actual mechanical parts, right? Like motors that were being left in the sand. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Who knows what this piece is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, for, Aubrey and David, um, is it possible, uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to get uh, too macabre and like uh, guess which is going to be the team uh, that ends up uh, going out. But I, I'm just wondering, maybe uh, do you think it'd be more likely a team that we have seen a lot of their story or maybe a team that they're like, hey, don't get too used to these people? I think when we get the visibility spike, we'll know that's the week they're going home. OK, it's, it's a very valid point, though. Like, I certainly know that uh, going back to, of course, the legend of, of Purple Kelly on Survivor Nicaragua, right? That was one of the reasons why uh, they really underwrote her edit is because it's like, well, when she ends up quitting, like that way there won't be this huge emotional attachment to her. Mm -hmm. Maybe that could be the case with David and Aubrey. We also know that Aubrey and David were alternates, like super last minute alternates. And that seems to be a pattern. Uh, we actually have, you know, an alternate for a Big Brother season playing this game of Survivor. There's certainly been discourse about the edit of someone like Joseph on Big Brother as well, that like, for whatever reason, the producers made them an alternate for a certain reason. Mm -hmm. And that when they end up actually going on to the show, they're like, okay, well, maybe in comparison to some of the other teams, uh, you're not going to get as much of an airtime spike. And just, uh, did David actually find an alternator? 
Well, that's what I want to know. Yeah. I, I feel like we know we know enough to recognize one when we see it. Yeah, now. Phil well, normally is very th- happy when you bring back an alternator. Well, it should be noted, Phil did mention amongst the teeming number of movies that filmed in uh, in Jordan, he did mention Transformers. So that could have been <laughs> the, 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 the oh. all spark. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, I can't remember which one of them, but I did watch them all at 4X. So uh, that's understandable. Uh, let's talk about Glenda and Lamumba, who uh, have, you know, kind of stayed in the back of the pack, but have not really uh, lost their uh, positive attitude. And this is uh, maybe the, the comeback is coming for Glenda and Lamumba. If you ask them, certainly, right? I love the uh, the sass towards Phil, not from Phil. Very rare at the pit stop, right? Where Phil asked them. That was a great do moment. You, do you think you have it in you to win? And Lamoma says, I can't even believe you're asking me that question. How dare you? Yeah, Phil's like, you, you're insulted by my question. Yes. Yes. Phil, you've upset well, Lamumba. I mean, Phil needs to know where the line is. Mm-hmm. He's been doing this for 20 years. He should know. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. We have to go back to the fact that this man, this 40-year-old man, said, all right, we're looking for alien wreckage. Well, I found this leftover soda can that'll catch me about 15 cents at my local recycling center. That's pretty good. Surely this must be it. Mm -hmm. Multiple cans. You don't know what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not, it's certainly not a soda can. (laughs) (laughs) They've done weirder stuff on this show, Mike. I I point you to the task where it was just like a, they sent you out into a field with a bunch of names written on a wall and you had to figure out which one it was. And they're Mm -hmm. like, yep, go figure it out. And what you had to do is read all the names until you hit the right one. You know what bothered me about this was that, that, so Lamumba like finds the soda can, brings it back and they say, no, this isn't it. And then he just threw it back on the ground. Lamumba. You're you're, you're, part of the problem. Yeah, you're part of the problem. (laughs) I'm very go, concerned about the environment. Go find a receptacle. Look, not hard. <laughs> should, should he have buried the can to try to sabotage the other racers? <laughs> yeah, and then cover up the footprints. Yeah, yeah, or bury it in the place where he unearthed the, the plate to be like, okay, people are going to search for this section. They're going to find this other. I just love that he again found another one and said, Okay, maybe it was the wrong label. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wrong maybe flavor. Maybe like this brand. This is mm-hmm. the Pepsi versus Coke of alien sodas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they do get through the alien wreckage uh, and they go off to go and go look at the detours. And very smartly, you know, they go, okay, we go to the ca- camel caravan. They're like, no, this is hard. Let's go to the slide puzzle. Yeah, this is why I love uh, having the finished display sometimes, right? Because they'll take a look at it and they're like, Oh, that's like uh, one and a half Lumumba's deep. Okay, well, maybe we're not going to transport that water. That's going to take us forever. And they benefit from the fact that in this new era of the Amazing Race, the detour tasks almost always take place right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. As uh, we we lost Mike uh, here for a minute. Hopefully, Mike uh, went the to alien- check out the other detour. <laughs> went to go check out the other detour. Hopefully, uh, the aliens didn't get him, Jess. Yeah, those sneaky aliens. I don't put it past them. Okay. All right, Mike. And there's soda cans everywhere. Mike is back. Okay. Yeah, my my internet is the equivalent of a string between two soda cans. Uh, yeah. What what I was saying was it definitely benefits from the fact that these detour tasks are right next to each other, right? So they don't they can hoof it or uh, I don't want to say camel toe it, but I guess I will. Mm. Uh, from one task to an it's the hoof of a camel. Uh, okay. Don't, Michael, 
Get your minds out of the soda can infested gutter. <laughs> uh, but that, that they're able to easily just walk over to the puzzle and do it, which again surprises me why Michael and Marcus didn't immediately do that as well. They were in a pretty lofty position. It's not like it, it like monstrously. Because Emily and Molly are in their heads. I get they're like, oh my god, Emily and Molly are gonna beat us there. But yeah, I think certainly uh having these tasks next to each other incentivizes teams, in my opinion, to switch much more frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for Glenda and Lamumba, uh, it does seem like that there are uh better days ahead, uh, that they're in seventh place and hopefully uh back closer to uh the top of the pack in the future. Uh then in sixth place, uh kind of a quiet week for Quinton and Maddie who I, I again i feel like that they never struggle in any of the tasks i don't know how they're other than the week that they drove to the wrong country uh, i feel like that uh <laughs> i don't know why they're not higher we need to give them credit they didn't drive to the wrong country they just thought that they didn't have to leave the country mm-hmm. that's true they were in but the wrong country yeah this goes back to jess's point though the narrative confused me profusely here because they left the roadblock in third place like they left in the Mm -hmm. top of their group then for some reason we get to petra and they show up in like seventh place but from my perspective they were driven to where they were supposed to go what happened the mass slow driver slow driver maybe i mean could it be a case though that like uh we've seen this in the in seasons past jets right like could their car have broken down that's stuck in the sand yeah, which was not their fault. Could it be that they got lost in Petra? Usually they give us at least a hint as to like, okay, this is why this team fell behind. Nary a clue here for Quentin and Maddie. I have no idea why. And I'm glad they made up a little bit of time, but I have no idea why they fall from third place in the middle of this leg. They could have put a whole ass task in there that we didn't see. Mm-hmm, we would, true. It would have made equal sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quentin, uh, he found uh, the uh, thing with the metal detector. He said, uh, awesome sauce. Yeah, that's like, that's it. That's the one moment we're picking out. Yeah, that's uh, that was the one line that I wrote down from Quentin and Maddie. Again, they've been, you know, very, uh, you know, very sturdy all throughout the race. Doing great. Yeah, it's just like whatever happens between the tasks that we're not seeing mm-hmm. okay uh they end up uh with a sixth place finish uh this week uh, emily and molly okay um they have been uh, standouts certainly through the first four legs of the amazing race uh but the problem they have a problem with one of the legs it's emily's that uh <laughs> that, a, a muscle pull yeah, I'm intrigued by this. I'm of a couple minds. I'm not sure whether this was just to explain why they finished in fifth or just similar to what happened with uh, Marshall and Lance in a similar desert visit in Egypt. Could this be a future foreshadowing to not them getting medevaced, but like a reason why they end up falling further to the back of the pack? I mean, anything is possible, Mike. I would hate to see it, especially from this team that has brought us so much. It would be really heartbreaking. If they were the COVID team, that would be really heartbreaking, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't think this is the first sign of uh, of, a, of, of like a breakdown now? A muscle ache? Not. Yeah. I hope not. But, you know, you never know. You never know. We could be in this world now where, like, anything happens that you feel out of sorts, you got to take a COVID test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
for sure. And so, um, but for Emily and Molly, uh, even though Emily has the shooting pain in her thigh, uh, she kind of powers through it. Uh, Molly is the one who's going to do the roadblock. I think that she ends up getting through uh, the roadblock second. Uh, they go off to go and find the detour. And again, it did seem like that Emily's injury slowed them down a little bit. But, you know, slide puzzle is no problem for Emily and Molly. Yeah, the issue was more so getting there. It's interesting, right? They're like, well, we don't want to choose a task that has more walking. So let's go with Puzzle Palace, uh, which sounds like the name of like a PBS 90s show. Uh, <laughs> and then they end up walking so much trying to get to the slide puzzle in the first place. That's like, well, you got your walking in either way. Puzzle Palace sounds like a nine. It doesn't sound like a 90s game. It sounds like a mobile game that shows you an ad every 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Either one. Yeah. The match three game. Yeah. Oh, like if I just pay 99 cents, I could skip the ads, but it's a principle. Yeah, you have to uh, sort the puzzle pieces to unearth the alien plates to then mm -hmm. deliver. Mm -hmm. I've got the algorithm down. I just need to get through to the next level. All the all the good pieces are hidden all at the outer rim. <laughs> That's not and the empire and the empire's out there. I can't get those pieces under empire purview. What am I, Cassie and Andor? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let's talk about Abby and Will. Um, Abby and Will, another team that uh, we don't know super well uh that uh kind of again kind of a quiet week for abby and will uh we saw that abby was going to be the team uh the person that was going to do the roadblock will says uh abby a little impatient you could fool me because this may be like one of the most positive people i've ever seen on the amazing race she reminds me of kathy and jimmy's character from sister act the like perennially optimistic nun. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think we've ever seen Abby not smile or at least smirk throughout the entirety of Five Legs of the Amazing she's Race. She's living so her dream. They're on the Amazing Race, Mike. I suppose so. So I'm glad that she's able to, to smile through the arduousness. But yep, that's literally all we know about <laughs> these two from this leg. Yeah. I will say I do like having more people that acknowledge that the Amazing Race is a show on television that they've seen. Mm -hmm. Because for a long time, it was like, we've just plucked these people out of out of obscurity and put them in this situation. The social experiment. Yes. Yeah. I'm tired of the social experiment at all. I like that people have been watching it their entire lives and they're excited to be there and they know the mythology and they love Phil. Um, give me more fans mm -hmm. and don't don't make it seem like the fans are cursed. Yeah. Give us only fans. Oh, no, no. 
Easy. No. Easy. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, for Abby and Will, uh, a fourth place finish. Uh, they got the puzzle. Um, you know, not not a lot going on uh, in terms of what we saw from Abby and Will this week. All right. Uh, then let's talk about uh, some of the other teams uh, that we spent more time with. Okay. Marcus and Michael, of course. Uh, yeah. They've got Emily and Molly in the rear view mirror. Uh, it's a big it's a big deal for them. Uh, they are very concerned, but they have a strategy. Mike, they came into the amazing race with an acronym. Now they're, they're traveling in a car and this was appropriate. C-A-R. Okay. This is the 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 thing that has gotten them this far. C A R stands for complacent, adversity, resilient. I uh, we need I I need to break this down and I could do an entire dissertation to last an entire C A R ride about car because this is so needlessly complicated. <laughs> yes. You don't need two factor authentication on your acronyms. I absolutely adore how the first one of car is like complacent parentheses. Don't don't. Be. That's what you don't want to be. Don't get <laughs> yeah. complacent with your acronyms. They should Mike. all be things that you don't want to be. Don't want to be. They should all be things that you do want to be. Yeah. I don't it's... like this separation here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, don't get compl- Don't get complacent. All right. Then adversity. You're gonna you're gonna meet it. Okay. Yeah. That's don't not succumb. Even a thing. That's don't a- succumb to it. <laughs> That's just like breathing. It's adversity. Like why would, so the first thing is something you shouldn't do. Yep. The second thing is, yeah, you're probably going to hit it. And then the third thing is like, yeah, actually a tip you should have. Yeah. It's the definition of a mixed bag. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe Mike, it's a, maybe it's building like, like a car. Okay. You're going, all right, don't, don't get complacent because you're not going to get over the adversity. You're going to need that. The complacency is going to hold you back. And then what, what's, what, what's the gas in the car? Resiliency. I think what it makes sense though in terms of building an acronym is usually you kind of BS near the end of it, right? Like, okay, I've got a great acronym. This one, then this they one. They start okay, strong. This one doesn't fit. Yeah. Yeah. This one, they're like, all right, C-A-R, it's perfect. C. Oh, God. <laughs> no, we can still do it. Uh, c- complacency, comma, don't be. I think we can make it work. We've got the other two, but that dang C, mm-hmm. that's the one that's really yeah. sticking in our heads. Like, can we workshop this? What's the word they could have used? Is there a better, consistent. better word? Yeah, consistency. Com- competency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you could use a different vehicle. You go with van. If you, <laughs> need, if you need to remind yourself about complacency, go with van and go with vigilance. Mm-hmm. Or Vominos. Mm-hmm. Totally. C for come on, let's go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Carry um, on. Yeah. I mean, it, for constant vigilance. There you go. Again, not to oh, nitpick the vigilance. acronym too much for Marcus and Michael. Okay. I mean, we are on the race. Okay. I feel like we could just throw an E word in there and we're right. We're right, right, right there also. Elimination, comma, avoid it. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, look, it's working so far. They were just first place. Okay. Uh, they review the leg. And they will learn what they did wrong to review. I guess not the acronyms, but they're going to review all the legs. All right. Were we complacent? No, we were constantly moving. Okay. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we've checked that box. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, they get out there. Uh, Marcus and Michael, uh, they're on the, uh, the, me- the metal detector. Who did this part of the roadblock? Uh, that was Marcus. Okay. Marcus is through. Uh, they get out there. And again, they're like, okay, we got to worry about the sisters. Quick. Let's get out to our... 
our, our camel caravan. Never pick the one with animals. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, that's that's, that's one rule. of the jail rules. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, good on them. They didn't give up, uh, but it did seem like this was very hard. Yeah, I mean, they were quite literally pot committed considering the number of pots of water they had to transport back and forth. But this seemed less physical. Like Derek talked about this a couple of weeks ago, right? That like usually with the Amazing Race, it is the less physical but more time intensive task versus the more you know uh time conducive yet more physical task this one seemed both more time intensive and more physical at the same time yeah so maybe they hate slide puzzles uh either way they do get through it um they realize they picked the wrong side of the detour and uh they ultimately end up in a third place finish i mean nothing to uh (laughs) nothing to uh you know uh you know be be too upset with but third place uh for marcus and michael yeah, I mean, we should note here after their sixth place finish in leg one, they finished in the top three every leg since now. Uh, but that is not, you know, they're one of those teams uh, that not we're complacent. Used to, right? Yeah, we have to come in first every leg. So any leg that doesn't have a one attached to it is going to be a failure from mm-hmm. their measure. They fi- there was adversity. They were resilient. OK. It's all going according to plan. For Marcus and Michael. Okay. Uh, in second place, real bounce back week for Derek and Claire. We talked about how that they were trending downwards from their first place finish. Uh, they had finished first, fourth, sixth, seventh, but they uh, bounced back up to second place, uh, really on the strength of uh, Derek's very quick work uh, with the metal detector, swinging it around wildly, uh, ends up finding uh, something in the sand. And then Claire's proficiency with the slide puzzle. Yeah, I was really happy about this mini storyline. Uh, we talked about, you know, the idea of Claire feeling like she had failed, dragged the team down on the yodeling, as well as uh, the other tasks that they were the 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 Maserati building or the sorry, the gold Ducati building. And then they she was able to find a bit of redemption here, uh, both between, again, however it pans over to her job, which your mileage may vary between these teammates as to how much it does. But obviously, again, I think her survivor fandom also helped with this as well. But she was able to help bring their team up to a second place finish, which I think is incredibly impressive. They started the leg in the back group. And even by the time they had caught up to the detour, they were like right there with Marcus and Michael. That's really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think they're the team that benefits the most from a puzzle. Like they hear like, uh, like, okay, go feed the camels or sl- or puzzle. Like, uh, we're doing the puzzle. Not a hard choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is interesting, though, is a couple of different things from an edit perspective, because they vocalize here, right? Their sort of philosophy of you can't outrun a team, but you can outfake them. The Cerie Field strategy, you can't beat them with this, but you can always beat them with this. And it's interesting because I do feel like that has kind of been the prevailing strategy of the past couple of winning Amazing Race teams. That certainly has been the Penn and Kim thinking, right, of like, we're not nearly as athletic as these teams that are younger than us, but we can certainly think our way through the task. I feel like Will and James with their expertise had that mentality mm-hmm. as well. I wonder, could that mean a three for three that it would mean uh, Derek and Claire able to think their way through? Or as we saw in the foot race at the end of this leg, could there be some physical inhibitions that might not be able to overcome what they can do in the tasks? 
I mean, I, I think uh, that's certainly going to be a question we'll uh, be looking at moving forward. Um, Derek X says there's always a trick uh, to these things. Uh, Jess, do you agree with that? I mean, there's frequently a trick to these things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's exactly what it says on the tin, but sometimes I think we've we've certainly seen that pan out for them. Certainly on the mole. Certainly on the mole. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, um, for Derek X and Claire, yeah, uh, we aren't the fastest team, but we make up time in other ways. So, yeah, I feel like that if they do go on to win, I feel like, Mike, put this in their winner montage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think then, you know, two's a, two's a trend, but three is sort of a, a pattern or an algorithm. If three is will. a New York Times trend piece. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I, I think then we could really start to map on like, okay, what is the way to win modern day amazing race? It seems to be work smarter, not harder. Okay. All right. And then in first place, though, the team that only a couple of weeks ago, we did not recognize them, but here they are with a, they're coming on strong. It's Luis and Michelle. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew they were in this race? Yeah, they did. Because they said, look, we're, we're not a middle of the pack team. No, that's not, that's not how we want to be. We're at top of the pack team. And they proved it. It's their coming out party, I think. Yeah. They really, um, between last week when they were entertaining and this week when they were dominant, I think maybe we're looking at actual contenders now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, they started in a fairly good position. They were in the second group, but... The fact that what I really appreciated was them, again, looking at the tasks and being like, we're not always going to need to do the physical one, Uh, which is surprising, I think, just given like Luis's build, you would imagine, okay, and and Michelle as well, like as a dancer, fairly physical, I would imagine at least due due to her vocation, like they would almost always go with that. But I like that they have the sense to be like, okay, let's actually look at what the task is. Uh, and, and see exactly what we can do rather than, again, what Marcus and Michael did, which was like, physical equals we're going to do it. Here they're like, oh, a slide puzzle. Okay, this is something we can easily do. And it ended up being the t- correct choice here. Yeah. For Luis and Michelle, uh, we get a little more background in terms of them as characters. Uh, they are going to be parents soon. They want to go on one more crazy adventure. And I could say that is so smart. Do everything you have to do. Yeah, so you could win a million dollars to hire all the ice cream men that quote all the Indiana Jones <laughs> movies for your kids' yep. birthday parties. Yep. Okay. So, uh, yeah, they they really uh, knocked it out. Uh, they did a great job on, they, again, it helped getting the, to the metal detector site crash site early uh, to have the most chances to find the thing. Then they did a great job on the slide puzzle. And then I guess that they did benefit by Claire wiping out on the way to uh, the mat for Phil. Um, where uh, Phil's like, oh, you got a little uh, blood on you, Claire. You know, I don't think that this actually was the deciding factor. It mm-hmm. seemed like they were way far ahead before mm-hmm. Claire wiped out. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting, right? That like we got the one shot of Derek and Claire uh, in the same frame, or at least they panned over to them from Louise and Michelle. But like considering, and again, my heart goes out to Claire, but she herself would not say, you know, she is far from Jesse Owens. Uh, by comparison, I think that, you know, you knew pretty much unless Michelle or Louise pulled something a la Emily and Molly, they were going to get a first place finish. And here, screw you, Expedia points for back to cold, hard cash. Yep. $5,000. I'm assuming that's the split between uh, the team. Yeah. Because they're married. Which is interesting, though, because uh, Derek and Claire, who finished right behind them, 
also got that in the first leg. So they could have had a, a bank account to build up, much like the mole again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So there you go. Uh, that's the end of leg number five. Uh, we get our cliffhanger here in the preview of that. Phil is going to be breaking the bad news to one of the teams of a positive COVID test. Uh, we'll see how that plays out next week. A- anything else uh, from episode five of The Amazing Race? I don't think I've got anything else. Okay. Were we surprised at the lack of like taming the camels? I know that you say, Jess, never do a task involving animals, but it seemed like the animal was very tangentially involved in the end with the Mm -hmm. feeding process. Yeah, they had to walk them over there. And I was I was worried that they were going to stop and like spit and be mean. But these were pretty well-trained camels, pretty well-trained camels uh, that when Linton and Shariko, the the camel trainer did uh, uh, tell them, you know, drinky, drinky, feed the camel. Hi, pie. Mm-hmm. So um they look like uh like nice camels. They didn't spit on anybody. They were food motivated. Mm-hmm. For it's sure. Like you get food at the end of this, so of course you're gonna come with me. Okay. All right. Uh so we will have our exit interview with Lynn and Sharik. Uh we'll get some more background on everything that went on with them on their leg of the amazing race. And then next week we'll be back to talk about it all on episode number six. Jess, what's coming up for you? Um, well, I have mole patrol. With yes, you, yes. Rob, and I've been having with, so much fun with the mall. It's so fun. We're having just a great time. We started doing the shows as live shows. It's very sad. We only have one left. Yeah. Um, but you and I and Josh Wiggler and Brooklyn Zed are getting together to talk about the Netflix reboot of the mole. And I had to be strong armed into doing it. And because, you know, I am Anderson Cooper motivated and he was not on it. Mm-hmm. But I'm so glad that I stuck with it. I'm so glad that I joined you all because we're just having a blast. When are the deep and dives coming? I, you know, I think we can get them. I think we got to yeah. work on it, mm-hmm. but I would say take a, take a deep dive, but uh, I think Greg would refuse to do <laughs> one because he's not, he doesn't like go swimming. Mm-hmm. As long as he's got his life jacket diaper, I think he'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, those yeah. are very fun. Uh, tomorrow, I believe uh, the last batch of mole episodes uh, come out. So we will have a lot to talk uh, about when this time tomorrow we'll know. Yes. Yes. I mean, That's I probably, I probably won't get to it for a little, uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll have time on tomorrow to, to, before I get spoiled. Yeah. It really depends. I feel like I need to watch it right away so I don't get spoiled. Yeah. But it's also like, that's great British Bake Off drop day. I like Ooh. to get right on those too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I need to see what culture they're appropriating this week. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, <laughs> they've had a rough time. I'm, they had a rough go of it. I'm glad I'm not podcasting about that. Okay. And then, of course, we also have Walking Dead over on Post Show Recaps where um, I, I took the week off. I was having... I was having a rough time at work, so I just took the week off. But you can hear Chappelle and AJ and Josh talk about everything that happened on this week's Walking Dead. And I'll be back with the gang for next week's episode. Okay. All right, Jess. uh, Great to have you here with us today. Mike, what's coming up for you? So I'll start with my own mole-related material. So uh, I had a chance to speak with, and this interview will be coming out tomorrow once the episodes have released. But I spoke with already the final three of oh after you watch the episodes you can check out my chat with the winner the runner-up and of course the titular mole to get their thoughts on everything that happened in the season without saying too much it was a very fun interview so yeah again check out the episodes first it's only two three separate interviews mike are you on one zoom call with all of them one Zoom call all together, which is I would fun. have been yeah. like to the person that wasn't the mole and wasn't the winner, like, you're useless. But it's but you, this know is such a fun, you know nothing. You know nothing. 
you would say that originally, but this is such a fun cast. Like you certainly want to get their thoughts as well, right? Like uh, a lot of a lot of kooky stuff happened in this season of the mole. And so I want to get their thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. So check that out again. It will spoil the final three as well as the outcome of the mole. Yeah. So make sure you watch the episodes. They're short episodes, too. Like the finale is like 35 minutes long. Oh, uh, so like so like uh, be sure to, to check that out. Of course, in addition to that, I'll be doing my own interview with Linton and Shriek later today, as well as my interview with the fifth person voted out of Survivor of 43, uh, which was a very fun vote. Excited to get their opinions on all of that. Speaking of Survivor, the B&B had a really fun podcast with Gabby Pascuzzi talking about episode four. And then coming up this weekend, Leon and I will be getting together with Peridium to be talking about episode five of Survivor of 43. And then over on Post Show Recaps, We are rounding out House of the Dragon. The finale is happening this weekend. We're talking about red and yellow on The Amazing Race, but it's all about the green and black on House of the Dragon. And so we'll see. uh, Perhaps actually some red will be shed at the end of this season. Grace and I are going to be covering that. Uh, We're going to be, I finished up coverage of Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power with DM Philly, doing hero stuff with Josh. I will actually plug something. So this coming weekend- Please, for uh, a change, Mike. Plug something. Uh, Finally going to do the rare plug. This weekend, uh, we are commemorating Posha Recap's two-year anniversary of its patron program with a 24-hour stream of various odds and ends. One of the odds and ends that I will be contributing is myself and the aforementioned Grace. Friday night at 8 p.m., we're going to go live and do a brand steal of- the year one shows covered versus the year two shows covered in a brand steel versus each other. Of course, there is a brand steel program that is running on our post show recaps patron discord that Jess and myself have both written for in the past that has characters facing off against each other. This time we're going to go super vague and just have the shows face off against each other. So how will succession do facing off against severance? Uh, how will the white Lotus pair off against the walking dead? We shall see. Uh, it's going to be a very white fun Lotus versus uh, like, well, not White Walkers. Yeah, no, exactly. And we'll see if the White Lotus can mimic perhaps a second place finish given its own survivor history. But feel free to check that out, especially if you're a patron of Post Show Recaps. That is happening tomorrow night live at 8 p.m. So yeah, that's up, and I'm sure many more things to come, uh, including the Amazing Race. We're going to reach the halfway point next week, which mm-hmm. is wild. Yeah. It is uh, flying by, okay? Uh, all of the fall season of reality TV is flying by, too. Of course, uh, Survivor, The Real Love Boat uh, going on as well on Wednesday nights. I've got recaps of those shows as well up at robinsonwebsite.com. Plus, uh, this week, Love is Blind came back on Netflix. I had the chance to talk with Asia and Mary about the first episode of Love is Blind Season 3. That's up at robinsonwebsite.com. They'll have a full recap of the first week of Love is Blind as well coming up soon. Thank you so much for joining us. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 